You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. It is Thursday, January 12th. We're getting on through it already, 2023, moving. Nobody waiting on you. Nobody's going to wait on you in 2023. You better bring it. Memphis Grizzlies are bringing it. That continues to be good news. They have won eight games in a row. They take care of the San Antonio Spurs. I don't care what uh, the Spurs, how you know bad the roster is. With Pop, they're going to they're gonna be pesky. And there at the end, again, it got pesky. But in the end, John Moran was too much, 38 points. The Memphis Grizzlies were too much. I prefer almost to start there because I like, John, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sunny side guy. I like the positive. But there is no doubt. We are going to have to get to what happened in Orlando. We are going to have to start with it. Memphis Tigers, very disappointing loss. And it's basically what you lost, which was a prime quad one opportunity right there in your hands. You're up 11 with a little over four minutes to go. And I'm feeling good. Everybody's feeling good. We know what happened after that. We'll get all the way into it. Uh, John, you needed the shades for this discussion. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just don't want to look directly at it. Are you crying behind the shades? Uh, Are your eyeballs, are there tears in them? Yeah. Because I can never, you throw me off with that, man. It's like the the eclipse, man. You don't want to look directly at it. You don't want to make eye contact with the finish of that game in regulation because it may impact your, your, your eyesight and your vision detrimentally. Mm. We've seen mm. a lot of meltdowns mm. in the history of Memphis basketball, mm. and I know the implications in the stages weren't as high, but that is up there. That is up there. Um, yeah, we'll get into that today yep. Yep. here on the Autopsy. show. What does it mean? Um, what do we think about this team? Where is it going? Who's to blame? All that uh, and more today on the show Jason Fitz is going to join us at 1125. We'll talk to him about Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, Derek Carr said goodbye. He did. He, he wrote a whole thing. I threw a like on it out of respect. I couldn't even get through it. <clears throat> yeah, it, you know, look, it's one of those things. It's, 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 yeah. But he has been there for nine years, which, I, you know, look, we didn't get anything out of it. But I know it meant a lot to you. He, he was good for a minute. Yeah, he was good nice for things. a minute. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yes, we're moving on. Uh, both parties are moving on, so we'll talk to Fitz about where Carr may end up. Yeah, there's some spots, I suppose. Yeah, we'll we'll get into all that with him uh, at 11:25. Drew Hill, Drewski is going to join us to talk about the Grizzlies. Thank goodness, moving past the Spurs uh, in the first round of the uh, regular season playoffs, they do sweep the Spurs <laughs> in that series. So we will talk about that, and finally, we get to play somebody else. If not, I mean, it's just like it's. To be quite honest, yeah, you're about with to get you. Indiana. You're getting out of there. You the, played them three times. You think it's seven? It's not just. Yeah. It's it's felt like a lot because it's yeah. two and three days. No, because here's the thing. Here's the honest to god truth. Every time the Grizzlies play basketball, there something amazing is going to happen. Oh my god! Like John, like Yakupertel has PTSD when he sees John Morant. Like he's got to be like, damn, damn, damn. But he, he knows keep, he's going to get dunked on. But he keeps doing it. Well, yeah. But I would, I would stop. I would be like, right. I would. I would you would learn from it. Opportunities. Against Pearl! Oh! 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 
Send it in, John, against Purtle. Every time he sees Duke, every time he sees Duke, I would tell Pop, load manage me tonight when I see John Moran. If he's playing, he's dunking on, on Jakob Purtle. Yeah, I saw. He it's amazing. Aver- yeah, his career averages sky high against the Spurs, too, and then he adds to it with 38 last night. Like, he loves playing the Spurs. Yeah. Didn't he do something crazy against the Spurs last year? What are you talking about? He, what are you talking about? Was, he had the dunk over Pirtle, then in the same game catches the what the the court long alley from Stephen Adams. Yes, that Remember? was it. It was yes. all in the same game against the Spurs. Yes, John. I mean the Spurs bring the best out of John Moran. I can't explain it. Um, but the problem is, is that you just know the Spurs stink, and yeah. so it's just a matter of how how bad how, how by what the you know the margin of victory, right? How badly Ooh. the Grizzlies beat them. Um, so I am I am looking forward to you know. New opponents. He had averaged thirty-eight point eight over the over his previous four games against them. Yeah, he gets thirty-eight last night. We'll talk to Drew Hill about all of that uh, and more. Grizzlies are once again this late in the oh, season. It's looking good. We're, ha- we're one at the, the halfway West. point. We're at yes. the halfway point officially. Yes, so, feels good. Uh, they are taking care of business. We'll get into that with Drew Hill at one twenty-five. So that is the show today. Um, Lord Jesus. We do have to address. Uh, I had to call on him and discuss. Yes, what went down um, in Orlando last night? No games. Uh, they didn't win, as we know. Oh, really? Yeah, Tigers do not get the victory. Uh, lose one hundred seven, one hundred four. Yeah, one hundred seven, one hundred four. Double overtime. Two OT. See, that's nuts and bolts, John. Yeah, nuts and bolts. Uh, Taylor Hendricks does not get the fourteen. He fouls out. Kendrick Davis had forty-two. For the Tigers, fifth most points scored in Tiger uniform in history, uh, and um, and that'll do it, and that will do it for that uh, nuts and bolts portion of the segment. Well, you need to say the score, folks. Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't. I didn't come in here today, and I didn't want to rank all-time meltdowns and all-time collapses in the history of Memphis basketball. Please don't. Didn't need to do that. You know, depressed folks have them driving off the road. But do you realize how difficult it is? to be up 11 points with four minutes and not win and not win the game? Do you understand how hard that is? I know you do, but just the average person, you realize how many things have to conspire against you for that to happen. Because here's the thing. You get 30 seconds to bleed out of that clock on offense every possession, okay? So do the math here. So you're going to get four or five, six possessions that you just bleed out. Um Goes in overtime, and then we know what happened after that. Uh, Tigers cannot get it done. So um, it's not so much the loss that hurts, as I explained to some people on Twitter last night. It's not, oh, you lost UCF on the road. You're going to be penalized for that in March. No, that's not true at all. It's a quad one loss. It's not about the loss. It's about the fact that you had in your fingers, okay, a, a, a gym, a gym of a quad one win that would have solidified you on the right side of the bubble, we would have felt really, really, really good about Memphis as that would have been their second quad one win. Instead, it slipped through their fingers like my daughter's kinetic sand. And I don't know if you've ever had kinetic sand in your hand, but it just slips through. The same as same sand, regular sand. What the hell, kinetics? What's the difference? Well, it's, I, I, I've had it in my hand recently, and I know, like it slips through your hand. Regular sand does too. Well, I don't, I don't have sand near me. I just had the but kinetic. But you had to tell version. us about your kinetic sand that yeah. Riley's got. That's Thanks, just how Bob. I. That's just how I relate. That's strange. You know, it's the kinetic type. It's just sand through that was, the hands. That was you a kinetic just left it at that. collapse last night. 
It was a special kind of collapse. Can I tell you a story? Please. Brad's not listening because he's walked out. So well, he, I'm, I, I'm gonna tell I, I'm gonna tell it to you. Look, now he's got y'all know Brad's got a lot on his it's plate. Tra- right it's, now. it's traumatic. Last night I'm watching this game on my ESPN app on my phone at martial arts. My brother Anthony Sane, his child are there with us. Of course, we're the we're the lone two participants. And uh Tigers are up double digits in the second half. I'm feeling really good. Sane is trying to tell me about the Grizzlies score. It's early against the Spurs. And I tell him, brother, with all due respect. Penny about to get him a quad one. Like, and John, that's after, right? You had to dig yourself out of a hole early on. Yep, you got you, punched in the mouth early. You did, and you settled in. Yep. And then you imposed your will. Yep. It felt good. 16-0 run to start the second half. Because remember, y'all, we we're just talking about maybe, what, four games ago, three, four games ago, really before conference play started. Felt pretty good about this team. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there feeling really good about Memphis' chances last night, up double digits in the second half, and controlling the game, it felt like, having taken control. And, and importantly, importantly, imposed its will. And we'll just fast forward to it. You're up 11 points with basically four minutes to go, okay? And you give up 40 uh, – over, over the next, John, four minutes of regulation – and the two five-minute overtimes, you give up 44 points. Now, we can go back and forth on Memphis's offensive issues and defensive issues and which one was which last night and which one mattered more. But when you're giving up 44 points in a span of 14-10, okay, the last 4-10 of regulation and the two overtimes, bro, that, listen to what I said, 44 in 14-10. UCF didn't score that much in a 20-minute half in the first half. They had 42. They scored more in 14-10, the final. You, you, didn't just, you, you didn't just stop in terms of controlling the game. You let go defensively. They got whatever they want. You stopped playing defense. Yep. And so in the end, I got, we can go offense, and they only hit six threes, and UCF hit 16. You gave up 44 points in 14 minutes. Yep. That doesn't look anything like what Penny Hardaway has coached here the last few years. Yep. We've seen it for stretches this year where Memphis can play an elite level of defense that we've come to expect from them. Right? We've 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 seen it when they've had to against hell, they turned it around against ECU. You saw you saw, you know, obviously Alex Lomax turns it on. Uh you did it against South Florida when you had to because Tyler was scout. Right? You you you've been able to clamp down and and you did it for a time in this game. But what they cannot do is do it for entire games as they have in previous seasons. Forty four points in fourteen minutes is outrageous. Yep. It's outrageous, and it's so unlike what we've come – and I keep bringing it back to defense because that's been the thing you could always fall back on under Penny, and it was, it was gone there at the end. And, and we can talk about why that is. Why are, why are they giving up so many open threes? Well, again, teams are attacking. You know, that, that penetration, you get by Kendrick Davis, guys come to help. Boom, somebody's wide open in the corner. It's happening over and over again. The job is, knowing what your personnel is this, se- this far into the season, John, is try to find something different. Like that, and that, again, that's getting into, okay, how do you fix? But that's where we are. There are stretches where, and w- where you don't look anything like what we've come to expect from them. And here's the deal. When you added Kendrick to- Davis to what we expected, this was supposed to look better. Mm-hmm. And in the end, John, in the end, right now, right now, because you still got time, but you are on the bubble. You could be wasting Kendrick Davis 
You could be wasting bringing him over, a conference player of the year. 42 points last night, John. I, I, I know teams attack him defense. I don't care. If, he doesn't, if, if you don't have him, you're not in that game last night. Yep. Subtract 42 from 104 and tell me what you got. 62, not much else, especially yep. when DeAndre Williams can't stop fouling out. Yep. So I watched that game just as frustrated as anybody else, you know, the, the, the last night because I wanted it for Penny and for this team. You've imposed your will. And then yet at the end of that game, John, he said, well, because they went small, I had to go small. You're letting them impose their will. And here's the – they were down two starters, then Taylor Hendricks fouls out. You were doing it against some goons with all due respect to – like those dudes played hard, but I – those aren't those aren't four and five stars over there, nope. and they're down some key guys. And they also oh. lost Jalen Young. He oh. fouled out. Oh, so they had they had oh. they were essentially missing four oh. starters. I mean, I got him. Matt Penny's just you know beating himself over the head today. Like, oh, how could we blow that opportunity yep. again? It ain't so much about you know it being a bad loss in the sense of metrically or anything else. It's the opportunity lost when you had taken control of a game on the road. And like Penny said, hey, we won and three on the road coming in. We're trying to impose our will. By the end of it, you're letting a UCF team that's doing it with backups do it to you. It's what happened defensively there at the end. They let go completely. Yeah. I think there are, there are a few things that I came away thinking. One is the first point, it, 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 it's, it's painful. It's painful. It, it, it makes me sad to watch Kendrick Davis ball out like this and 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 be resigned to like the very distinct possibility that this team is not going to go to the NCAA tournament. Like he came here to do that, and while it felt good for a month, month and a half, clearly this team is trending in the wrong direction right now. Now, look, as you point out, um, they can turn it around. They have chances. Not many, but they do exist. They were nine and eight last year. They were like, nine and eight like last it's, year. It's been worse. We get all that. Granted, they, that team was more talented than this one. Well, and that team went on to knock off Houston twice. They, be, the they beat season. Houston twice. And, and look, here's the thing. And I know it doesn't matter anymore, but Lester Kenyon's departure is really hurting this team. Like it is, it is, it is visible, and it is, it is tangible. And because he was not only your best shooter, that's he was your good. best defender. Uh, that's a good point. I, I thought you were going to say, okay, yeah, you'd miss it, but you're absolutely right about defensively what he brought yeah. and how much Penny trusted him. Yeah. But that, that's one that was out of your hands. It, it, it was. That but, isn't a situation but, where – But, you know, I just wonder if, you, if, if, if Lester could do it again, you know, if he could make a different choice because all he's doing is, you know, trying to cut it in the G League. It ain't like he's, you know, on a two-way or he's getting NBA minutes. He wasn't drafted. You know, he certainly wouldn't have hurt his stock. You know, I think that's one where, you know, you have quarterbacks and you always hear the commentators say, well, he'd like to have that one back. I think Lester would probably like to have that one back if he's being honest. But it hurts. It hurts. And even, you know, ACOT, maybe that would have been the difference. I don't know. Um, but but they're clearly missing that two-way guy <clears throat> on this team. And, uh, and they don't have it. Secondly, um, the – what drives me up a wall sometimes with Penny Hardaway is, and I get it, and I know where it comes from because it's him, but I wish, I wish he would stop thinking he's coaching in the NBA and that he's coaching an NBA team because his instincts as an elite athlete and as a former NBA player are just for the majority of the time to let his team play out of whatever they're doing. 
to let them play through, you know, if somebody if, if UCF ties it up or if they're on a NATO run or whatever. His instinct most of the time is just to say, all right, I'm going to trust my guys and I'm going to just let them play their way out of this hole. But you can't do that for the most part in college basketball. You can't just trust 19, 20, and I guess in this case 25-year-olds, but still, these are not NBA players. There's no bona fide guaranteed NBA player on this team. You know, you got to be able to say, come in, go over the situation, remind them, draw something up. You know, in the case of regulation, they tie it up. I, I was texting you, and I was like, please foul, Penny, because there is no doubt that with the way that they are shooting the three and the way that Memphis is defending Saying, the three. don't give up the three, yeah, foul. They're going, play the foul game because you have the, one of the best free throw shooters in college basketball now, and that dude was amazing last night. It's unbelievable. you got to play the, the foul game. But but they let you know the, the the UCF team, which was freaking hot from three, get the shot off, and they made it. But instead of calling timeout, setting something up, he just kind of let Kendrick play ISO, and it led to a step back three, which is like, you know, a, a timeout would have prevented that. And there was plenty of time; it wasn't like four seconds here, you know. So that's one where I'm like, coach, just draw, you know, take a breather sometimes. You know, you could kind of feel. At the under four minute mark of regulation, Memphis was letting their foot off the gas. They they started playing not to lose. Yes. I hate to sound cliche, but you yes. that's what your eyeballs told you. And what ha- going one of six, one of seven from the floor there over the final four minutes. I, not yeah. playing a lick of defense. You were up you were up like 10, 11, and then UCF got fouled at the under four minute mark. They were down seven. And you're just like, thank God, because clearly Penny was not gonna use a timeout, and that at least got you a breather there. And I was hoping that that would sort of, you know, Cut the rhythm off. It didn't. I mean, Memphis just went cold. Demario Franklin missed a bunny there. That was a killer, you know, right there on the inside. And you know, Memphis just just they stopped scoring. But that's just one where I'm like, you know, look, I know Kendrick Davis is, is and he, he's amazing. He's a warrior. He's the best player on the court. But call a timeout. Stunt the run. Draw something up and get a better look as opposed to settling for a three. There, you know, he'd have gotten to the free throw line. He did every damn time he had the ball. When he when he put the, when he put the ball on the floor and made any kind of attempt at the rim, he was going to the line because they couldn't stay in front of him. So I, I just came away frustrated. I just thought the management of that game was just not crisp by Penny. I just did not think it was. I think he certainly has some blame to share in this one. And I also think, look, Kendrick had 42, but it also took getting the game of his life from Elijah McCadden. I mean, Elijah McCann had 18 last night. Yeah. Got to be a career high. If not a career high, it's, I mean, it's definitely a season high. No, it's the best game is season high. Best yeah. game is a Tiger. Yeah. Eight of 10. I just feel like. Seven rebounds, too, in 37 minutes. He played hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I just look at this roster, and, and it's becoming pretty obvious now with the, you can't trust DeAndre to stay on the floor, and there's really nobody yet. Like, Demaria is just not, he's not coming into, he's not settled in yet. Maybe he will. You know, um, it just feels like the 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 for the first time, Penny just doesn't have enough talent. He's got one. He's got one, which and he's amazing. He's a supernova, and he can carry you. And he was soloing last night, and it was amazing. But it just it's it's starting to sort of feel like that Jeremiah year where it was like, yeah, oh man, I, you, yeah. I hope I I was hoping you were gonna get me that, but you said it before I could get to it. Yeah, I couldn't wait to talk because that's what it that's what it looked like, especially after DeAndre fouled out. There was no offense other than Kendrick Davis going to the foul line. That was it. That was legitimately it. Well, you have no shooters. 
and that was always going to be an issue. And we can t- again that this gets into whether or not last night was an offensive problem, a defensive problem. Kind of hard to say to come down on that offensive side to end it when you score 104 points. But it is clear UCF hit 16 threes. You hit six. That's that that's a 30 point difference yep. there. That. God bless them. Yep. You you make it up with Kendrick Davis going to the free throw line, Elijah McCadden having his best game as a Tiger, but it is it's killing you offensively, especially in those last five, four minutes of the of the game when you're playing not to lose and you can't hit a shot, you know? It, when, when something else breaking down or off a of Kendrick penetration yep. because those opportunities were there. But but here's the deal, John. We said that going in the season. That part of it's you know, that, that was always the case. We wondered, has he put enough shooters around Kendrick Davis? And we can go Lester. Uh, oh, by the way, Tyler Harris hit six threes last night against Houston, yep. who plays, who's one of the best defenses in the country, number one team in the country. Tyler Harris had 31 last night for Houston. I know We're not going to get too deep into this, but he scored 31 against Houston. That he outscored the entire Tigers bench by himself in a losing effort for USF. They lost by six. Mm-hmm. He scored 31, Brad. Six threes. That matches that matches the Tigers' entire output from three yesterday. Six. Could you have used them? Heck yeah, you could have used them. That said, those decisions were made beforehand. Yep. You still could have won that game last night without all of them. Should have Lester, won the game. Tyler, all of them. Okay, we can go if if uh, if if was a fifth. You know the rest of it. Yep. Should have won that game last night. Yep. And, and I'm with you. Like, just on the point that you made, I, I don't think Penny goes NBA all the time. Yeah, I think it's one of the you know one of the great things you know you look to Penny for his NBA insight Absolutely. when everything else, but in a situation like this, right where DeAndre ain't out there and, and it all it is is that it's basically Jeremiah Martin show all over again. Kendrick's playing the role. You got to have it, it. Can't just be go do it, guys. Exactly. You got to do everything you possibly can at that point yep. because you know what? In the end, no matter how much you say. Hey man, we give them the plan, they just don't execute. Yep. Or it was there. Like, hey, we watched all the film, brother. These are your guys. Yep. In the end, it's the team you put together based on the choices and everything else. So in the end, yep. It and and we've said this every year, and it's been worse. It was worse last year, John. They were nine and eight. Had to get it turned around. It comes back to Penny. Yep. So absolutely, he had a hand in it last night, John. It's a frustrating loss. Yep. And I'm sure he's more frustrated than anybody else. Again, say what else? But. It, You've got a you've got a hand in this too, especially with everything that's transpired, with the lack of shooting, with yep. the, the inability to play defense for forty minutes. You know, and also look, you, you got to throw everything you can at it too. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reiterate it. You know, we're talk, while we're on the side, but, but he knows that he'll say it later. Right. Remember, last year started players, then it was not. Nah, and do that. Well, well, I, I believe we'll get back there. Well, he'll make the adjustment. Well, look, Pete does not catch a lot of criticism in this town, and, and deservedly so, but I, I continue, and I'm going to reiterate this, I'm not sure where where his head is as it relates to Jonathan Lawson. What am I missing with him? Because I see a very obvious solution here. Two plus two equals four. You can't shoot as a team. This kid comes in every time. He hit one with somebody draped all over him. He still hit it. It was a, it was a key shot. It was a key three. Yeah. Took it to one point. It was you were down four. He got it down to one. Gave you a chance. We, to at I've least already been this here. Thing. It, it frustrates me too. We were talking about this before the A and M game. Or yes. In what? Any? Wasn't that it? I and he comes so. in the A yeah. M game, gives I him the spark. So. I believe so. Yeah. So I, I just don't know what more Penny needs to see from him. I mean, consistently, game after game after game, when he gets in and he gets a real opportunity, he delivers from that part of the floor. My whole thing is when you're looking for a corner shooter off the penetration from Kendrick Davis, Yes, he's one of the few that's knocked him down. 100%. And, and, and here's the thing. 
don't tell me about what he's got to learn defensively or everything else because y'all folks out there giving up 107 points. Yeah, he can't what, be worse. What are we talking about? This defense is not same. He can't be so, worse. So, hell, teach him. 100%. Let him play through some of those. You saw a key block he had, John, at the end of that ECU game, one-on-one, a guy coming out. Teach him. But back to the point, that can help your offense in terms of finding a shooter to put around Kendrick Davis. It can just make things easier, particularly, John, when you're yep. trying to hold off a team yep. over the last five to four minutes of a game, you need to easy bucket off penetration. Yep. I also didn't understand why KO disappeared. I mean, I, I, I look, he well, played you, He played well in the first half. Mm-hmm. He gave him a spark. He did. You know, and then he just didn't see him again. So I just don't I just don't always understand the – Well, he, he, the, the, he answered that one directly and said – because they went small. Well, yeah. And that's where I go back to, why are you letting a team who's two starters down, Taylor Hendricks is gone. What, they, why? Got, they got back in the game when KO was on the floor because they struggled with his length. Impose your will. Exactly right. And when he, you have a chance to. And he would have actually so, done that in the second overtime, the you know, the yeah. end of regulation. I mean. I don't know. It, it was frustrating. Because DeAndre, by out. the way, was not giving you anything offensively. I mean, he just wasn't. I mean, I know he hit a three there, but. He just, I mean, he was just not giving you very Finished much. Finished with 10. He was 3 of 11 yeah. from the floor. He just wasn't very good for you last night. So it's not like you would have been sacrificing all that much. Um, that, that's tough because McCadden and Kennedy played 18 and 14 from those two. I mean, and you couldn't win the game. I mean, I would, I, look, if, if Memphis gets another 18 points and 14 points from Keontae and Elijah McCadden again this season, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. Well, hopefully it's a sign they're getting. Comfortable. It's probably so. more of a sign of how desperate they I were hope yesterday so. for anybody to do something. But you know, it, it's, it's no, that, no. They played. Those two played well. You need more of that. It's just yeah. They're going to be favored in the rest of their games. Ken Palm's got them winning all the rest of them except for Houston. Now again, you you got to you got to beat UCF here. Ken Palm's got that one as a four point win. And going to Cincinnati's got as a one point game. So all those are losable. But the point is, because you didn't pick it up, yeah. It just it puts your back even further against the wall. John, essentially it feels like to me UCF replaces you right now. They do. As that team that at least from a national perspective is the second best team in the AAC. Question becomes, okay, you're going to be good enough where they let three in. You're going to have to go chase UCF back down because nothing we've seen, John, these first four games, i got to be honest with you. And, 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 and Penny's had great success against Kelvin Sampson, but nothing we've seen. They've been down significantly in each of these four games in the AAC. Nothing, nothing tells me that this team, this one's ready, like last year's, to beat Houston twice. You don't have a Jalen Duran in there. It would take everything you got. Now, you know, Houston ain't, you know, they're not looking like some mammoth either. They only beat South Florida by six yesterday. That said, South Florida can hit threes, you know? You gotta, you're going to have to be able to do that, especially when, you're, well, when you don't have the dominant kind of presences inside yep. that you did last year with Duran and DeAndre. So but that, I say all that to say, again, it's the words we use all the time. It's – Dude, this never should have been about talking about a bubble. What are we talking about? Here? Yep. Not with the AAC player oh, of the year. Man. Maybe that's why we're so maybe that's why it's all so frustrating. Is because you had hoped that you'd graduated from this and we were talking about improving on a nine seed. Yep. Right? Improving seeding. That's why you go out and get as experienced as you as much experience as you did. So I think when you add that in too, that we're we're here now, twelve and five, sure a better position than last year's nine and eight. But you felt like you'd never have to talk bubble this year. And, and you felt that way even, what, four or five games ago yep. coming through the non-con. So it's unfortunate. Back's against the wall. Yep. It's a place, unfortunately, that the Tigers know all too well here recently. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a tough one. Tough one to stomach last night. Uh, Tigers have to pick it up, pick it up real fast uh, if they want to make the 
field of 68. Road to Temple. Um, and that's a big one. Temple's solid. Like they're not bad. Well, they can they can win at home, especially yeah. if if it's just going to be the Kendrick Davis show. Yep, yep. Uh, we'll get into this uh, later in the show. Jason Fitz going to join us when we come back. Talk NFL with him, college football, and more. Stick around. Jason and John, I turn to family. ESPN. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers can get up to one hundred dollars in free bets, win or lose. That's how FanDuel does it. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL same-game parlays or same-game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you'll get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. Now, what's that look like? Quarterback going to go over or under on the passing yards? Pretty easy. Wide receiver, anytime touchdown. Running back going to go over or under on the rushing yards? That's how you do it. can build your own newbies. Pretty easy. Or choose, uh, if you're still a little... You know, want to put that toe in the water from one of the popular SGPs that are already pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. That's a great way to learn about same-game parlays. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can also get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose, when signing up with the promo code JSMITH. Again, that's promo code J-S-M-I-T-H. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And of 929 FM ESPN, must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet, 100 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. I'm Chelsea Messenger, helping you keep the books with BeckQL. We go out west tonight to Portland, where the Pilots take on the Dons of San Francisco. While neither team is as good as we are used to, they can still be profitable. The Portland Pilots have gone under their total in four of their last five, while the Dons have gone under in six straight games and are 13-5 and five to the under so far this season. So if you're looking for some late-night action out west, take the under when San Francisco visits. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John. Live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now we're back. Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. And as promised, he's the man. Jason Fitz. Brand new radio show on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas. It's fantastic. He is the man. Been joining us several several years now, and we're great for his time as always. He joins us now. Fitz, what's up, baby? Man, just living that dream, uh, you know. I get to hang out with Harry Douglas every day, and so far we haven't been fired. We've tried, we pushed a lot a few times, but so far we haven't been fired, so I feel like things are going well. As you should. You should all, you should, now is the time to push the line, brother, you know, because if you make it through right now, you're good. You're good. You're, you're, you're a tough right. line. We, we wait every day to see if the principals called us to the office. So far, so good. You know, it'll happen eventually, but then I'll just hide behind Harry. Yeah. Uh, so you were at the uh, national championship game uh, out in L.A. Uh, allegedly, there was a game, um, more like an SEC showcase. Really, I came on the next day and I was just in the SEC afterglow, and I'm just like, you know, 14 of the last 17 have, have belonged to the SEC. You know, I know USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten, but does it not just feel futile if you're not in that league? I don't know. It does to me. Yeah, and I don't. You know what? It does a little bit, and I don't think expansion is going to help any of that either, right? Because that large bridge is going to put more SEC teams in. And, you know, the, the it comes down to so many different things. One, the money behind the programs allows them to just rebuild and restock their, their coaching staffs every single year, their facilities every single year. Two, the recruiting hotbeds that are down in so much of the South where football is life, right? You know that. You can't really change anything about that generationally. So, you know, you got a bunch of people that grew up in that area loving those teams that, that, that already have a built-in passion for it that hits different than it does, let's say, on the West Coast. And then, you know, on top of that, they become a vehicle to get people to the NFL. So even if you don't love the SEC in general, you love the fact that that's where you can go to make a living at the next level. You combine all that with name, image, likeness. Like, I think the, the dominance of the SEC is only going to get bigger and bigger. Like Georgia now, I wouldn't say they've replaced Georgia. I'd say I'd say they're shoulder to shoulder. Alabama, I'd say they're shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. shoulder with Alabama. And that in and of itself is going to be daunting for the rest of the college football world. What struck you most about Georgia's you know run here? Whether it was you know Kirby and and keeping them focused, everything they lost, Stetson Bennett and his just poise, timeout. Just just in terms of the run itself, what stood out to you most? Swagger, I yeah. think. You know, there was a yeah, but last year of this team can't beat Alabama. So I think the significance of winning the national championship over Alabama just changed everything. Go back and watch the the first game of the year, and they just came out with a pop and an explosiveness where it was like, man, you know, this this is legit. And you think about the fact that they, they lost seven guys on the defensive side of the football, and in many ways they put more talented players in. Like, as great as Jordan Davis is right now, you know, uh, Jalen Carter is a better player today than, than, you know, Jordan was last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, the ability to replace dominant players with more dominant players, I think that's the scary part of it because they've been recruiting at a high level for years. But the question was always, could they win that last game? And now that they have won that big game, it just feels like they have that confidence that nothing can stop them. Yep. And I don't know how you stop a confident, you know, a, a confident monster is hard to beat. I'm with you completely that they haven't passed Alabama, but that they're shoulder to shoulder right now with them. And, and obviously Alabama and Saban would be the biggest threat to knocking Georgia off the perch next year. But it, but if I was getting you, Fitzy, to make an argument for a team outside of the SEC in terms of a, a program best positioned to knock Georgia off the perch next year, which one would you take? 
I mean, LSU played much better over the course of the last, you know, half of the season. So, like, I think LSU deserves some credit for what they're building. Tennessee did a really nice job last year. Obviously, they've got to learn how to win some of those super huge games, right? So, I think there's still a progression there. So, you know, I, I love LSU. I love uh, Florida, or sorry, sure. Tennessee, where they're headed. But, man, it's just – it takes – that thing that really just explodes you through, right? Like, and I don't know that either of them are in a position to do that above Alabama and Georgia. So, like, the SEC looks like it's stacked too deep. And then outside of that, like, let's face it, Ohio State was one play away from beating Georgia. Like, I'm not going to take anything away from Ohio State. Like, they should be able to continually compete at the highest level too. Talking to Jason Fitz, <clears throat> joins us every single week here on the show. Does it all for ESPN. All right, going to turn you to the NFL, and there's some pressing news that I want to get your thoughts on, then we'll dive into the playoffs. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported early this morning that the Raiders have explored trading Derek Carr, and they're now t- calling teams. And that, of course, prompted Derek Carr to put his goodbye letter together and said he looks forward to a new team, among other things. <clears throat> Look, for, a, for for an organization that has been as chaotic as the Raiders have over the last eight years, Derek Carr has been the stability. I mean, I was a year out of college when he became the starter uh, with the Raiders, and, and I'm 32 years old now, so it's kind of wild how long he has been there. How do you sort of sum up his time you know, how good was he? How much blame goes on him versus the Raiders for why this didn't, you know, end up more successful? Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm parsing out uh, uh, the blame, it's 20% Derek Carr and 80% the Raiders, maybe even higher to the Raiders. Like, Derek Carr is going to go somewhere next year, I think, and, and win a bunch of football games. You know, like, he has a chance to change the narrative on him right away just by going in somewhere and playing. Like, I think he has the opportunity to be selective. Uh, in a market where he can go out and sort of figure out exactly where he can win uh, soon for all the conversations about where he's going to go. I don't think if you're Derek Carr, you want to go to a place like Houston that's rebuilding. You don't want to put that on you, but you could go somewhere and you could win. I mean, you want to tell me the Washington commanders wouldn't have been better with Derek Carr this year as their quarterback, that the Jets wouldn't be a playoff team with Derek Carr as their quarterback, that the Colts wouldn't look completely different right now with Derek Carr as their quarterback, that the Falcons wouldn't have been in a better situation this year with Derek Carr as their quarterback. Like you can go up and down the list. And that's why what's really going to be interesting here is that there's a, there should be a ton of trade value for somebody that has a very reasonable contract. The question is he has a no trade clause. Mm -hmm. Does he want to explore that in a way that benefits the Raiders or does he just want to say up yours, uh, cut me. I won't agree to anything because he really holds all the cards right now. So the Raiders need to be very careful in how they handle Derek Carr today because he has all the leverage tomorrow when it comes to what's next for him in his future. Who needs him most? Like if you if you survey, like where where could he go? Where it's like legitimate? Is it is it New York? Is it Indianapolis? Where they go from being a non playoff team to a contender? Which team would do you think that applies to? If he if he goes to New England, he wins the Super Bowl now, right? Like I I, I know cold weather hasn't been a friend. Derek Carr and people will talk about that. I think I'm less worried about that if I live in cold weather all the time, if I get used, if I get acclimated, like cold weather was hard for me the first year in Connecticut. Now I'm walking around outside in a hoodie while it's snowing, like your body acclimates. So, you know, I I think you look at a place like New England, you also have to look at while he's not mobile enough. I think if a team like the Giants can't uh, reach a deal with Daniel Jones, they would feel like they, they're in a really good situation if they could replace him with Derek Carr. Like, but I think he could win. Right now he could be in the elite in the AFC as the quarterback of the Jets or the Patriots particularly. 
Which one of these wild card games are you looking forward to the most, Fitzy? Yeah, I think for me, Jacksonville and L.A. has so much on, like, look, I got to tell you because I'm a company man that there's nothing bigger than the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. But I just don't think the Buccaneers are very good. And so I, I, for all the conversation about Dak turning over the football, I, I'll go to Rex Ryan, who continually reminds us that Tampa Bay is old and slow. I think that's real. So I, I don't think that's going to be a great game necessarily. I think the Cowboys win that game. For me, what becomes really interesting is that there is pressure on Justin Herbert making his playoff debut, uh, on Brandon Staley, the coach of the Chargers, because they have particularly high expectations. And they go into Jacksonville to take on a Jacks team that has been playing among the elite. So you look across the matchups like, you know, Miami is not going to be themselves without Tua. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is not going to be themselves if they don't have Lamar. Uh, I'm not sure Seattle can really pose a threat to San Francisco. So when I start going up and down the list, it's it's L.A. Jacksonville that, to me, yep. is the sexiest matchup of the first round, which is wild to say out loud. It is. But you're right. It's not a great slate because I'm with you. Like, Seattle's uh, – the 49ers are a horrible matchup for Seattle. I mean, can, can they cover? Can they find a way to keep it within 10 – Late back door, sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, like you said, you know the the Ravens Bengals matchup is going to be a shell of itself without both starting quarterbacks in there. You know, so you you just sort of peruse the rest of it. Yeah, like there's a reason why they chose Herbert Lawrence for. And by the way, like it's supposed to be. I thought it was interesting. Did you realize Patrick Mahomes is the oldest starting quarterback in the playoffs? Right, which is which is incredible when you start looking at the AFC and the young the young guns. But then look at how they were acquired. Like everybody in the AFC has a great young quarterback, right? Or at least a really good young quarterback. But in the NFC, no, in the NFC, we're looking at a bunch of guys that are has-beens or give-ups, you know, guys that weren't drafted as high. Like it is funny how different all of those conversations, like we're not talking about Geno and and Dak and, and even Brady when they're coming out. We're not talking about any of them the way we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence and you know, way that we've been talking about Joe Burrow since he came out. Like, the AFC is, mm-hmm. like, I almost think going into the draft, if you want to compete in the AFC right now, you have to take t- chances you shouldn't have to take in the draft because you realize what you're competing against for the next 10 years, and that's just, that's not, that's going to be almost impossible. W- will the book on the Titans, Fitzy, be sort of titled Window Closed, or I- is there a way for them to, to keep it open? Yeah, I think the hard part here is that they need so much. They they need help on the defensive side of the ball all over it. They need to figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position. I, I expect that Tannehill will come back simply because they're not picking somewhere where they can really get another option. I don't think Malik Willis is the guy. And by the time they try and figure all of that out, they, they will have used all of the gas in Derrick Henry's tank. So I, the, the whole timing of this, like, can the Titans still continue to be a mediocre football team? Yes. Can the Titans be the number one seed in the AFC again? Not unless a million things break right. So now they got to get a GM that does a better job of drafting. Like right now, today, the Titans, much like the Raiders, are feeling the pain of their missed draft picks. You, you, you miss consistently in the first and second round, and eventually you will pay the price. That is absolute fact, and that's what the Titans are feeling. The new GM has to start delivering today. Yep. Jacksonville, too, is, is certainly on the, on the way up in the south. If, if you're the Bears, Fitzy, and, and – and my thing had been, of course you're going to trade back because you don't need a quarterback. And then Mike Tannenbaum comes on ESPN and says, no, 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 they should trade fields and get a first and a third for him. Now, I'm not asking you whether or not you can get a first and a third, but would you would you look at that, Fitzy? How strongly would you look at the possibility of trading fields and taking a whoever your man is, whether it's Bryce Young or whatever, at number one for the Bears? What would you do with that pick, with all that they need? Yeah. I love Mike, and I think that might be one of his worst takes. Like, Mike's a friend. 
And I think that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, think about how we were talking about Tua a year ago. You know, think about how we were talking about Jalen Hurts a year ago. Mm-hmm. You got to see what these guys are. Trevor Lawrence, some people were saying he was going to be a bust. You got to see what happens when you invest in skill positions around young quarterbacks that have shown you enough to invest in. Justin Fields has certainly shown you enough. And I know that his passing numbers, the advanced passing numbers, haven't been particularly great. But here's the thing. If you go back and look at his completion percentage in college, just his completion percentage, Mm -hmm. because that's what we're talking about a ton in the NFL, his completion percentage in college was higher than C.J. Stroud's, was higher than Bryce Young's, and was higher than Will Levis. Mm -hmm. So if your argument is that he needs to get better at passing, remember that when he came out in college, he was a better passer than all three guys that, that could be selected as the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft. Like, if you were the Bears, you don't you don't screw this up. You either take if you fall in love with Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter, and you think that they can absolutely make you dynamic day one. You take the best player available. If you don't, then you trade down, you acquire picks, and you use that hundred million bucks plus picks mm-hmm. to start putting an actual roster around Justin Fields. Talking to Jason Fitz here on Jason and John. Then last thing, Fitz, if you're Sean Payton, you can go anywhere. Um, is it is it Arizona? Is it Denver? Like, what's the most attractive spot for Sean? I don't think it's Denver because if you're Sean Payton, you know, the one thing that you got to worry about is, you know, this is your legacy. You come back, this is your legacy. And if you come back and you don't do well without a Hall of Fame quarterback, that is your legacy, right? So you better believe in the quarterback, but you also better believe in your ability to win. The nice thing about the Cardinals, even though, I, you know, I don't know where he fits on Kyler Murray. I've seen some of the tweets, but the nice thing about the Cardinals is they get rid of Steve Kime for, or Steve Kime steps away, the GM. That leaves Peyton the opportunity to bring his guy in at GM if he wants to. And you're a division that's competing against the Rams, who look like suddenly the wheels have fallen off completely. The Seahawks, who are good, you know, but not necessarily great. So, like, you have to feel good about where you stand in that division overall. Like, you're going to have a much better chance to be immediately successful with Kyler Murray in the NFC West than you are with Russell Wilson in the AFC West, where even if you can fix Russ, you're still going to be the third best team in that division for the next few years. So I don't think a lot of the places that that they keep rumoring make sense. I also am going to be really curious to see what New Orleans wants back in return, because remember, the Saints aren't good, and they may not have their head coach. So how do you sell to the Mm -hmm. fan base? We don't really have a guy we love. We didn't get anything back for him, and he just wants to be somewhere else. Like The Saints would almost be better from the sales pitch process of this digging their heels in and saying, if, if Sean wants to come back, we want Coach to be here, and we'll leave this seat open for him. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Fitz, man, you're the best. Thank you so Always much, Always appreciate brother. the time, man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Yep. Yeah, Jason Fitz joins us every single week here on the show, normally Mondays, but he was out at the <clears throat> championship game in L.A., so we got our, our wires crossed on the time out there. Of course. But he'll join us, um, and, and you. he'll join you every Monday uh, going forward. So be on the lookout for that. I'm in my heart, I'm with him on the fields thing. You keep him and put weapons around him. It helped Jalen Hurts. It helped Tua when Tua was healthy. Helped Josh Allen. Yeah, I the mean, thing is, the thing is, you have to consider though. This front office didn't draft Fields, right? So that that it's not technically their guy. Correct. But that, that, he, is a, do, that is a he, hamstring. He, he, I think he he makes the point that I you probably saw enough this year to feel good enough that. I don't know. It's, again, it's like the it's like Paul said though. I gotta fall in love. If he falls in love with Bryce Young. Maybe you do it. We'll trust see. trust Paul. Poles. Trust Poles. Get it right, Ryan Poles. Poles assassin. Trust him. Big trust. <laughs> yeah. He's got it. He's got the franchise on the right track. Definitely on a better track than the Raiders. On the right track, no doubt. 
All right, it's Brad Carson in studio with Jason and John. For the Betley Sportsbook, you can check out Betley. B-E-T-L-Y, the Betley Sportsbook is on your phone or your computer, and it's legal in Arkansas and Tennessee now. B-E-T-L-Y, download Betley. It's like all the great books out there, but this one... Not only does it have the technology, it's got a $250 risk-free wager just as a new user. You're a new user here in Tennessee. You're downloading it for the first time, the Betley Sportsbook. Why not just grab that $250 and uh, add that to the collection and then start betting on Betley. Keeping up with the Joneses is one of their parlays for the Cowboys game uh, that, that's coming up. Okay, So they've got that. They've got a, a Mavericks-Lakers parlay. They've got all sorts of special parlays all in the odds boost section. Plus, they've got all the bets that you would expect from any of the great sports books. And again, like for new users, 250 easy peasy. So many ways to have fun with the new Betley Sportsbook app. Join it like I am. It's Brad Carson, and you can enjoy your parlays and increase your winning. Must be 21 or older and located in Arkansas or Tennessee to bet with Betley. Play responsibly for help quitting. Call 800-522-4700. The Betley Sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law